Greetings and salutations, loud talkers. I am the Renaissance man with Southern charm, Doriel Davis. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Say It Louder, the podcast, season two, episode 203. I am thankful that you are tuned in as we navigate this space called life and the good, the bad, and the downright ugly things it can bring. But nonetheless, you are here for a purpose and a reason that is higher and more important than you know. Welcome. I invite you to follow my IG pages at The Doriel Soul and at Crescent Media Productions LLC where you will find more content and get notifications about new episodes and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. F.D. Davis. No matter what platform you have used to tune in and enter this class, I thank you and I'm glad you're here. And hey, I want you to have some voice regarding the content that I cover. So what is it that you want to hear? Is there anything that you would like for me to discuss? Send me your thoughts. I want you to send an email to LLC at gmail.com. That way you can send me a direct message about the content that you would like for me to research and for me to have a perspective on. So let me know. Now on today's episode... I'm giving honor to Queen Beyonce in celebrating her new album, Renaissance. And this is for all of you who are part of the Beehive. One of the songs that really, I think, caught my attention was Cozy. It has the line, comfortable in my skin, which references, you know, pride, comfortability, self-acceptance, and self-love. But the question is, does the impact of social media since we're leaving living in this social media world does it strip this power away for so many of our adolescents who are still trying to understand themselves as they invo- as they evolve into who they are trying to become i'm calling this episode cozy less just a play off of words because you know It's a thing. Media is very important. And the thing is, in all honesty, when the Queen Bee says something, folks, listen. I talked about the, you know, the definition of cozy, you know, based on the lyrics of the song. It has to do with confidence and self-assuredness. So cozy less would be the antithesis of that. Who would have known 25 years ago that the social media platforms would have such an impact on our lives, starting with sixdegrees.com in 1997. Three social media sites later, MySpace was created in 2003, which often featured music, videos, and half-naked selfies. Hey, it was out there, and it was put out there for everybody to see. So, Well, then in 2005, Facebook arrived which ushered in a host of other platforms coming in right behind it. There was a boom of adults who were getting profiles, reconnecting with old classmates and friends, making love connections, and building new friendships. But during that time, I also remember that there were age restrictions. Then somewhere along the way, the restrictions just just ended. And things got very loose to where children at an alarming number, are having these social media pages. Now, Loud Talkers, I have a guest in the building who we are going to get into this topic. 
this very important topic. So here to talk about this topic with me is my friend and also my soror of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, Dr. Kenesha Bird. Now, Dr. Bird was born and raised in Tallahassee, Florida, where she attended undergrad at Florida A&M University, and she always talks about it. <laughs> She's a proud FAMU graduate, I must say. When she was there, she played softball and earned a bachelor's degree in psychology. From there, she attended UMass Boston, where she was the assistant softball coach and earned her master's degree in mental health counseling. After completing this degree, Kanisha attended the University of Florida for her PhD in counselor education with a focus on mental health and adolescence. Her dissertation is titled, The Relationship Between Media Influence and Ethnic Identity Development Among Low-Income African-American and White Adolescent Girls. She has worked on mental health efforts for victims of Hurricane Katrina, presented at national counseling conferences on the effectiveness of Afrocentric theories used with people of color, and published an article on how to effectively counsel African-American adolescents. Loud talkers, give a round of applause and a A to Dr. Kanisha Bird. much for having me. I am so glad to be here and to jump right into this topic. Yes. I'm so ready for this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this is definitely something that is very present in our in our society right now. Just the whole um, impact that social media has on people, you know, but I really want to, and we may get to, you know, adults, but I really want to talk about or focus on social media as it impacts young people. I, I'm thankful that you're here and that we can really, you know, discuss this and hopefully guide people who have sons and daughters, nieces and nephews, even grandsons and granddaughters so that they can help steer them in a direction where they are not falling into the hype of social media and that becoming their identity. All right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So just, you know, starting off, do you think social media has more of a positive or more of a negative impact on children today? Definitely negative. Okay. Why Definitely do you negative. Why? Um, so if you want to think back to the 1950s and 60s, mm-hmm. When our parents and our grandparents and, you know, some brothers and sisters, when they were growing up, there was no social media platform. Right. So what did they have to look up to? They have to look up to Big Mama. Mm -hmm. They had to look up to Mommy and Daddy. They had to look up to their teachers in church. And that's basically all they had. Mm -hmm. And and maybe friends, friends and family. And that was it. So there was no other platform that told them what they should look like, what was popular, what was important to them, what was beautiful. There was no other platform for that. Um, yes, you'll see TV here and there where you had Soul Train and you had other, you know, ethnic shows that were on TV, but they were all very positive. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that streamlined saying if you were this size or if you, you looked this way that you were considered beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. So now that you just talked about your MySpace, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, there's a Snapchat. There's yeah. did I miss something? TikTok. Yes, there, TikTok. How did L- I miss that one? Can yeah. I can't miss that. Yeah. Every single platform that you're looking at now, I I actually dare you to go to these sites and find something that's not focused on how someone looks, their identity, what someone is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. in their specific ethnicity. Um, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. They they can't escape it. Yeah. It's on the radio now. They you know what? They're even seeing it in the malls. In shopping malls. They're seeing all this long hair. They're seeing all these augmented bodies. And they're saying, oh, my God, look at the men or look at the women. They're attracted to that. So that's what I need to look like. So where in the media is it positive? It's all negative. And so I feel like we, as parents, as brothers, as uncles, as sisters, we all need to come and bring these children up to teach them that this is not what's beauty. This is not what it is. And we need to go back to our roots. And that's that's basically it. We just need to go back to our roots. So I think about like influences, you know, in media, uh, you know, just kind of stepping away for a moment from like the social media platforms, because for a lot of people, social media can be that outlet where we're getting news, you know, we're seeing, I think more, a lot of people are getting news from social media outlets more so than looking at television now. But I remember as a kid before social media or pre-social media seeing people who looked like me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. who were of a certain caliber i saw different nuances of that you know i can remember looking at the cosby show for mm-hmm. instance or mm-hmm. i can remember looking at a different world and mm-hmm. that's where i got a different side of what college should look like. Even though, you know, my dad was, uh, he worked at high school and college and, you know, um, I was always on campus. So I was aware of college, but it it was one thing, you know, to walk in the student union of the college that my dad worked, but it was another thing to see the pit on a different mm-hmm. world. And it was like, for me, it was ding, ding, ding. You know, these, the, this is really real. And it inspired me. Those shows inspired me. Like, I saw Family Matters. It was TGIF. It was family shows. But what is it that we're seeing today, kids are looking at, that is shaping their mindsets? I mean, are there things that they can look to in a positive way and say, yeah, that's what I want to do, or yeah, that's what I want to be? There's actually not a lot of positivity, especially when it comes to the African-American population. I think the only thing that we really saw might have been blackish that talked about some issues and, you know, real life issues that were going on within our community. Yeah. But outside of that, you're not you're seeing us in a light of um, we're, we're making stripping, prostitution, um, drug dealing, drug dealing. We're making that the elaborate scheme of life of that's what that's what you need to do to get money to get these cars to get these jobs or you know i like to say modern day slavery is an nfl football team to me Mm. um because you have your white owners for the most part you're going to have your white owners and then you're going to have them controlling what 
your players are doing, which are predominantly African-American. So it's like they they want to come and be these football players and this, this, that, and the third. And that's all they see is this glamorized modern-day slavery when it comes to being an athlete. Or you're going to see all these drug dealers and so forth on TV. And that's that's not what we want to teach them. Yeah. So the way that we need to combat that a little bit is to be more present at home. Okay. Um, and I think what we have done... Um, which I've seen with a lot of families now is that no one sits down at a table anymore. This is Remember, true. we used to sit down at a table. We used to talk about our day and say, this is what happened today in school, this, that, and the third. And to be honest with you, that's how my parents found out some things that were going on with my teachers yeah. who I had that were white teachers and what they were saying to me and what they were doing. That's how my parents found out. It's mm. like we, we're, we're going away from that family aspect. We're telling our kids, oh, you can go in the room and we're letting the TV and media teach them and not us anymore. Right. So they're eating their dinner in there. They're playing in their rooms. They're stuck to these video games. Grand Theft Auto. There you go. Ah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's so many different media platforms right now that are actually teaching our kids versus us doing it because we're too busy. Mm -hmm. We're working too many jobs. We don't have that big mama to take care of the kids anymore. we, We don't have that. And it's almost like, where do we find that? Yeah. So we know we recognize that media is a powerful tool. How do you think it has shaped or continues to shape the minds of young people? Just piggybacking on what we've talked about so far, it's 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 training them. It's training them from the moment a cartoon comes on TV. Mm. How many cartoons do you know right now that were the Popeyes? Yeah. That taught you to eat your spinach and to be a good, you know, he man, he man, you Captain yeah. Planet. Yeah, we don't have those anymore. The cartoons that we have have negative. They're, they're sexual. They're, they're sexually yeah. explicit. Exactly. But then the question is, who's controlling that? Mm, yeah. For the media. Yeah. Because there were regulations to TV, radio. Mm-hmm. There was no cursing. There was no you know, nudity or anything like that on TV. You could find yeah. it in a movie. Yeah. But it was already out there like, hey, just be ready for this nudity scene or something like that. But in TV now, you see it. You see sex scenes that are so graphic for television. Yeah. And they're not on at like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. They're on at 7 or 8. They're in prime time. Yeah. So these are when children can go in their room, watch all of this. But back to your point, they're starting at a young age watching these specific cartoons. It's growing. It's getting worse. And then now we have to look at who is over the censorship of what is to be shown on TV mm-hmm. or who is over what can be shown or what can be censored on the radio. Mm-hmm. Because that's really who's controlling like puppets are children. Yeah. And if in fact there are children who see these types of things, is there something uh, or someone to counteract what that's, it is that they've the seen? That's yeah, the problem. because mm-hmm. I would say I would dare to say that in most cultures there there is that parental that parental guidance button that they hit, you know, where, you know, there are certain things that that, you know, their kids cannot look on tablets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things like that. But then there are certain there are some kids who have this free for all where they're looking at all this stuff. But then there isn't a conversation about what it is that they've watched mm-hmm. and then the line is drawn that you can't watch that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I come from an area where it was turn your head when right. somebody was kissing too hard. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But exactly. not. And so do you think that it's, you know, so getting back to like social media, 
Do you think that the influence is different or the impact is different um, or messaging is different for girls rather than boys? Do you think that there's a difference? I think there's a difference when it comes to how it impacts them. So my research was based on girls, but I did do a little research on um, young African-American boys. Okay. And so... um, the they're they more internalize it and that goes straight into african-american men as well mm-hmm. they're just going to internalize it take it with them and then at some point hopefully it doesn't come out in a bad way right but with girls and it's different across races let me tell you that too so it's different across races because in my research i found that with white low-income adolescent girls their issues were more so eating disorders mm, okay. um cutting that type of stuff um, but with African-American girls, it was more so like wo- self-esteem issues, um, wanting to be a little bit more provocative and so forth. So to combat that, um, with my research, it found that if there is a mother and a father in a home, so that's one problem right there that we have in our own community, mm-hmm. right? So if there's a mother and a father both in the same home and they are focused on uh, religion and keeping them keeping a close contact with like just religious views and that actually helps combat the media influences and what they see outside because um, they kind of took that as like, Oh, you know, my religion tells me this is how beauty is supposed to look. It looks like me. Mm -hmm. Right. So they kind of took that internally, but when it come came to the white adolescent families, they don't have that stronghold of religion that is able to combat those eating disorders. So between males and females, it's completely different on how the media affects them. Um, but definitely, I would like to learn more about the boys and how they internalize it as adults. Um, and I think that's that's something very interesting to look into too as well. So I would dare to say that. Um, Social media, a lot of times, and I agree with you, does promote um, a provocative mm-hmm. uh, vibrato, mm-hmm. you know, for um, young women mm-hmm. um, that it sexualizes women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that social media uh, for for men it is it's the hardness, it's the gangster. Mm-hmm. It's the drug dealing. It's mm-hmm. the. It's the fast money. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the fast money. It's the breaking off multiple women. It's the womanizing. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you know, it's those things. It's tearing down anybody to get what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I see most times. I even look at the comments. You know, a lot of times, you know, in, in certain with like, I'll look at the Shade Room or even CNN, and I'll look at the comments, and I kind of think in a moral, morality type of space, a lot of times, in terms of, like, loving and respecting human beings, you know, regardless of, you know, gender, sexual orientation, race, you know, uh, religion, you know, just the the theme of respect, right? Um, and respecting differences. But folks really come out the woodwork with negativity in the comments. 
And just like if there's a person who posts a picture and they are not, they don't fit the mold of what society says is beautiful, mm-hmm. then they would tear that person down just mm-hmm. in the comments. And how that really strips away or erodes at a person's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's sad. It's sad. A lot of times, social media is used as a platform of negativity. It really tears people apart. And I'm, I'm all about stripping away filters and stripping away um, airbrushing. Mm-hmm. Strip that away, and then you'll really see who people really are. Yeah. Versus what the media wants you to see them as. But then you get into the whole thing of the surgeries. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. Because stripping away that... Folks still want to look appealing based off of these standards instead of being cozy, comfortable in their own skin and the mm-hmm. skin that they were given, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, not being healthy or anything like that. I'm talking about being your authentic self and not being a carbon copy of somebody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really grounding yourself in that. There was a girl um, recently on Instagram. She spent over $60,000 to change her face and body to look like Kim Kardashian. Wow. Over $60,000. I think it was over 15 surgeries she did to her body just because of that. So going back to, you know, what this, what media really does, then it's like, who is defining what beauty is? So where does that start? Well, I mean... It, it, it's it's very Eurocentric. Very. It's extremely Eurocentric. And just think about a, a child who is from a marginalized uh, minority group who's 12, who's looking at TikTok, who's looking at Instagram, and they're seeing all of these people who are deemed beautiful and they don't look like this and how it affects them. I mean, because according to the U.S. Sun, a survey uh, for the CBBC of 1,200 people ages 10 to 18 found that 96% were signed up for social media networks. And 78 of, 78% of those interviewed under 13 had joined at least one social media network, despite not being old enough mm-hmm. to have one. Mm-hmm. So it's ingrained in them at an early age, and then they become big people. And then they become big people who become mothers and fathers of little people mm-hmm. and becoming a whole cycle. Well, it even it even goes all the way back to, I believe it was the, don't quote me, it was the 1950s or 60s, there was a doll study done. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just in case... Thurgood um, Marshall was a part of that one, yes. right? Yeah. Just in case um, no one knows about the doll study, there was a doll study done where it had, um, I believe, five or six colors, different shades, uh, from very, very pale white to very, very chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, And they put these pictures in front of young white and black students. I think they were kindergarten, first, second grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were asked questions of, what's beautiful? Show me the beautiful one. Of of course, all the white people picked the lighter tones. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing is, all the black kids picked the lighter tone yeah. of what is beautiful. They didn't even see themselves in those colors as being beautiful. Right. And then the other, another 
question that was very poignant in that um, was the interviewer said, which one is the good kid, which one is the bad kid? Yeah. Every time, every child, when it said the bad kid, they always went to the darkest complected person versus what's the good kid would always be the lightest complexion. Mm. So these kids are learning this at kindergarten, first and second grade. So again, it's it's what's going on at home to combat what they're seeing in the media, what they're seeing outside, because if they're starting this in kindergarten, first and second, like you said, they're going to be middle schoolers, they're going to be high schoolers, and this hasn't been fixed or addressed. And here's another layer to that. So I just saw something today. I think I was looking at Instagram, and there was reportedly a study um, where kindergarten teachers were asked to look at a video and there were four kids sitting at a table. They were asked to look at a video and they were asked to um, identify the number of misbehaviors that a kid would, you know, um, you know, display. And really it was a study to see like what kid they would pay most attention to. So it was really paying attention to their eyes. There was a black boy. There was a white girl. I think there may have been a Hispanic, uh, uh, an Asian child. There may have been, may have been two white kids. Um, but their eyes went to the black kid. Every time, the black little boy. And the black little boy never did anything mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. But both white teachers as well as black teachers, mm-hmm. their eyes went to the black boy more times than any other child. They were expecting. They were expecting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's still happening mm-hmm. in our schools. Mm-hmm. It's still happening with our teachers. And it's not, it's like, it's education in terms of academics, right? But it's also education in terms of belonging and identity, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so crazy because that doll study was, they redid the doll study in um, the 1990s. Oh, well, yeah. And the same results came out. So you're, you know, 40, 50 years later thinking you're going to have a better outcome because we've grown as a people, as a culture, as a country. No, we're still in the same spot we were before. But we are, we're also seeing like an influx of pictures, you know, from different celebrities. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes black women feel slighted mm-hmm. by men who are celebrities because they are not really checking for them. But they're looking for someone who's not black. Mm-hmm. Um, someone with the long, you know, straight hair or, you know, someone who's fair complected, who maybe have some type of... I'm not saying that, that they're Caucasian, mm-hmm. but they are in some way, some type of ethnic, like, island, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not Afro, African-American. And it's like, it's perpetuating the narrative. You know, and 
it I think it adds on to the self-hate and you know it's teaching our girls or help making our girls believe that in order to compete mm -hmm. that they have to give of themselves mm -hmm. so much of them sacrifice themselves mm -hmm. that they have to go out and buy the hair to be beautiful which keep in mind is a multi-billion dollar business every year which is majority yes. owned by yes. non-African descent exactly. individuals. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. And, like, what are some of the dangers that children can face, whether, you know, internally or externally from social media? I know we talked about, like, the... Um, we talked about the self-esteem or the lack of self-esteem. Uh, we talked about, you know, the, the sacrifice of, of self and of body and the provocative uh, nature that is adopted. Mm -hmm. But also bullying. And I was going to add, when it comes to mental health, suicide. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of kids that feel like they don't live up to what's beautiful or what's pretty. So they feel like they don't even belong. So they don't need to be here anymore. Mm. Um, and again, those are things we need to catch and combat way before it even gets to that point. Um, and I believe there was um, recently, oh gosh, what university was she at? She was at HBCU. She was a cheerleader. Yes. Um, um, beautiful, beautiful cheerleader. Um, she had a lot of mental health issues because of what she had internally. Um, and, you know, those are things that we need to catch. Because um, that beautiful soul was gone way too soon. Yeah. Also, you know, if you look at externally, then you'll have kids that grow up and they're like 17 or 18. And they're taking trips to Miami or Cuba to get butt lifts done or mm. to... You know, saving money um, for new breasts um, or getting injections in their lips and their face just to prolong the beauty that they have as a kid. But it, it's already there and um, they don't need it. Right. They don't need it. And so externally and internally, it's a lot going on. Some, some sites... Um are very dangerous for young children and it makes them susceptible to bullying, inappropriate content, and even grooming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 1,300 out of 1,800 children stated that they reportedly saw pornography, they saw self-harm, bullying, and hatred. And this is what our kids are eating. Mm -hmm. This is what their minds are eating. Yeah. So... And they're sponges right now. Right. And yeah. what you eat, you become. Yes. You know... There are these restrictions that start at 13. But there are kids who are younger than 13 that have these pages. They have Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and they have all they have the they TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know, um but they're still not mature enough to handle it. And I I would argue even, you know, 13 is still too young. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. 13 is still too young. Because their minds are still, they're still growing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I get that, you know, in, you know, when they're in high school, you know, um, they're a bit more mature, but still, that's a catch-22 as well. I mean, because mm-hmm. I've, I've had to deal with so many situations just in the last week of kids who are taking pictures of one another and they're posting um, stuff on Instagram and making these fake pages and targeting a person and, you know, for oh, and the nudes. They are actually doing this. I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. The moment you take it and you post it, it is there forever. But then I, I, but I, I, I call them mamas and their daddies. I, I, you know, when I find out, yeah, I say this is what happened because they, they need to know you, your child is doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, where are you? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Your, your child needs you. Mm-hmm. Where are you? working they're too busy um they're tired they're that's 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 just where they are well they shouldn't have been well they shouldn't have been screwing exactly <laughs> what exactly if you so tired you yes. shouldn't have been screwing uh-huh. and you i yeah. mean yeah i know because this is a little person who's being affected by this mm-hmm. who's being tarnished mm-hmm. or if i am a if i am a guy mm-hmm. and i don't have that guidance then I'm going to get that guidance from somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be from someone who doesn't give a flying flip about me. Right, exactly. You know, who's going to put me out on the block. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to tell me that this is how you treat a woman, which is mistreating a woman, mm-hmm. or who's going to see you as different and who's going to, you know, belittle you and make you hate yourself because you are different or because right. you love someone who's different from the person who folks say that you should love or right. or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's because that first love is not in place. Mm-hmm. That first love of a mother and a father, mm-hmm. they're not in place. It's not in place. Hmm. And I know it sounds so contradictory, but when, you know, back in the day, our grandmas and our grandfathers would say, you know, when we got together, we stayed together. You know, we don't care if, you know, grandma was doing this or grandfather was doing that, rolling stones or whatever. They still stayed together for the family. Oh, you know, I'm believing all that. <laughs> I don't believe in all that because my thing is, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing to be a placeholder. It's that's, one thing to be a placeholder. That's very you true. Know, you know, because the thing is, if y'all are together just for the sake of being together and y'all jokers are not happy, that means that you are still impacting other people That's who are around true. you, the, your kids who are around you. Because the thing is, kids are kids are smart. Mm-hmm. They can feel it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. we are we we uh, as human beings, we feel vibration. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel that hate radiating off right. of somebody, mm-hmm. or you don't feel the love radiating off of somebody. You can yeah. feel that. Yeah, you can feel that. So yeah, Mama yeah. and Papa yeah. stay together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's all kind of outside kids <laughs> in the family, which has definitely impacted somebody in that line. That That's true. That's true. I guess I was trying to, I guess, just say that, I guess I was thinking of, you know, my own uh, family, but just thinking of um, my just like, 
you know, though granddaddy may have done this or grandmama or whatever may have done this or done that, when they came back to the house, granddaddy was like, children, this is what you're supposed to do teaching still even though it may not have been what he he may not have been practicing what he was yes, preaching yes indeed but granddaddy came back to the house and said no this is what you do i'm gonna raise you right same thing with grandma so i understand what you say because no that's not right either because <laughs> kids can't feel that vibration but you know just i guess in my case when it came back to the house it was i'm gonna make sure my family is raised right Period. Um, even though I know I'm not doing the right thing at all times. Mm-hmm. So, as a way of kind of wrapping up, what is it that parents need to do for their kids to kind of, to be a barrier from all these other things? Whether it's the bullying, the self hate, the provocative uh, mindset, uh, the the reaching for love that's not really love. What is it that parents, what is it that adults, you know, need to do for those kids? So I feel like it's three things for me. Mm -hmm. And you may have three different ones. For me, it's communication. So if you don't talk to your child, you're not going to know what's going on. I feel like there needs to be an open line of communication where your child feels comfortable talking to you. Not your best friend, but comfortable enough talking to you and letting you know kind of what's going on or how they're feeling. So that kind of tacks into their mental health for me. The second one would be time. You gotta spend time with your kids. Um, The more time you spend with them, the less time they have to be taught by the TV, video games, and so forth. And the last thing I would say is just to love them. Uh, You gotta show them the love that they know they deserve so that they don't have to go out trying to find it, trying to find it from somewhere else. I'm gonna add a, a fourth one in there. Okay. Get in their business. <laughs> yes. Get, All in their business. Get in their business. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the thing, <laughs> you know, there are all sorts of ways to kind of hide stuff now. But if you are present and you are listening, I mean, I find out about stuff because my I, my ears, you know, perk up when there's a conversation that's going on. You know, when, when folks, get, when, when kids get close and, you know, they stop my mm-hmm. ears perk up. Yeah. And I move ste- very stealthily. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I come around the corner. What happened? What was? What, right, what you say? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I heard you say such and such, such and such. Let me call your mama. Let me call you. Yeah, I'm that dude. I right. tell them that I'm a certified snitch. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm going to find out the business <laughs> and I'm going to tell it. I'm a certified snitch. I'm a certified snitch. I'm a talent. I'm a talent. And so stay in their business. Mm-hmm. Get in their business. Getting them out of that phone. Finding out, you know, having settings where you're able to check the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, talking to them. And if something is not sounding right, you're like, wait a minute. You know, or if a kid comes home and they're not acting normal. You know, there's something that's off. You're able to pick up on that because as relationship, you're in their business. That's how you come come back that. Yeah. But I mean, if you tired and trying to use that as an excuse, or you out here trying to be a bad bit, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to be a hustler, and you're not taking care of your responsibilities, which they are your first priority right. when you bring children in this world, right. you become second. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give that up. So then, like you said, that's selfish 
as F. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. So this is what needs to be done, and you know, and and I 100% agree with that. Well, Dr. Bird, Kanisha. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful discussion. And, um, yeah, you're going to come back. We have all kinds of great conversations. And I think that, you know, the types of conversations that we have and the things that we uncover, it will definitely help people. Of course, you I'm know. here for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You're welcome. All right, Loud Talkers, give it up for Kanisha Bird, Dr. Kanisha Bird. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Say It Loud of the Podcast. This podcast is located on many platforms for your listening pleasure. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and on Spotify. Be sure to listen to other episodes and please subscribe and share with friends and loved ones. Heck, share with the people you don't like. That way they can get better too. We're always just trying to get better. Don't forget to share some of your ideas with me by sending an email to LLC at gmail.com. Until next time, especially in these times of COVID-19 and Lord have mercy monkeypox. And I hear that there's another something or another coming up. Listen, I'm not trying to live in revelations, okay? I'm not trying to, you know. Come on, let's let's get this together, y'all. So stay safe. Mask up. You know, wash your hands. Cover your mouth when you cough. I mean, take care of yourself. And do your best to take care of others. Be good to one another. And if you can't be good to someone else, you being silent and out of the way is good enough. All right, y'all take care and be blessed.